Welcome back. Tap That Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. In this episode, we get to try some cheese and drink some beer and have a special guest, and it's awesome. But before we get into that, make sure you check out A Taste of AZ. What is that? That is our other show, our other podcast, digging deeper into Arizona food and beverage beyond just the beer. So check it out, atasteofaz.com. We would love to have you as a listener and follower and lover of Arizona food and beverage. Okay, wrapping that up. The beer book, thearizonabeerbook.com. Perfect holiday gift. It is a hardcover, photocentric book about Arizona beer. So we've got them in tap rooms across the state, so check out your local spot. A lot of them are doing deals with the books. If you buy a book, you get a dollar draft, and there's different ones like that around. So check your local tap rooms, see if they got a deal going with the Arizona Beer Book. If not, you can go to thearizonabeerbook.com and buy yours today. It's a great gift. It's a great thing for your coffee table. It's just a great thing to have. Just put in your backpack. It's like a reference book for everything that you need. And uh, okay, I'm going to be honest. In this episode, I was really going pretty crazy about how this was the best cheese I've ever tasted. And after reflecting, 100% true. This shit was legit. So Arcadia Premium, they've been a huge porter from day one. Really embarrassed it took me so long to get them on the show, but got them. Joel and Laura joined to tell their story as well as share some of the amazing cheese. And like I said, we have a special guest. So enough of my babbling. Let's tap into Arcadia Premium. Ooh, that brown's fantastic. Matt's always done a good brown. He did a brown uh, for his wedding. They, he has to do good brown. Yeah. Matt asked for a brown for his wedding. Well, he made, no, he one. made one. Oh, he made one. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who's he going to ask? The guy who owns one of the best breweries in the state. <laughs> uh, well, guys, first of all, let's just start off with the cheers. Whatever we're all drinking. Cheers. 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 To Tombstone Brewing Company in Phoenix. Thank those guys for letting us in. Thanks, Matt and Weedy. And what is that? What did we just have there? Was that the brown you said? That is the brown. The Bucknetty? Bucknetty? Also, <laughs> also available in cans. Here? And other retail stores, including our own. Which is? Arcadia Premium. Look at that segue. <laughs> 2.1 miles down the road. 2.1 miles? Yes. When did you figure that out? When did you actually do the when I popped it in Google Maps the day that they opened. Yeah, but that's not accurate, man. You need one of those roller tapes, and right? <laughs> we'll get our 14-year-old on that. There you yeah. go. Perfect. Guys, welcome to the show. Long-time fans. I know Joel's been a, a listener for, for seems Since like decades. Yeah. Since the beginning, I think. Yeah, and that's, uh, I, I'm so excited to get you guys on. Laura, welcome. Super happy to be here. Thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. And you were excited to uh, try some of these beers, Laura, right? Very, very excited. You know some people here? Mm-hmm. I know. I'm, I'm relatively familiar. Okay. Relative being the key term. Which means? Matt is my brother-in-law. Matt Brown, owner of Tombstone Brewing Company. We are family. Ah, yep. that's, well, cheers to Matt. Cheers to Matt. Cheers to Matt <laughs> yeah. and my sister, Sochi. Yes. Yep. Well, and Weedy, back there making, you know, that's, if you hear something in the background, that's Weedy fluttering about in the brew house or laying on his makeshift bed back there. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure he's not going to lay down until he's done. That's just that, the way Weedy is. That's right. until he falls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Arcadia Premium, you guys are uh, where? What's the crossroads? 56th Street and Thomas. We're right by Arizona Country Club. 
Um, Ranch House Grill, I think, is the business in the complex everybody knows. But, okay. Um, yes, we are there. Yes. And you guys have been you guys have been part of the scene for a while, all right? A part of the food and beverage scene. I, I mean, I guess, are you from Arizona originally? I'm a native. You're a native? I've okay. been in the food and beverage scene in Arizona for, I'm going to date myself here, 30 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you started when you were seven, right? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, how did you get into it? Like, what, what drew you to food and beverage? Um, so I started working for Big Four Restaurants. Okay. Um, my senior year in high school and all throughout college. What is that? Big Four Restaurants? Big Four Restaurants was a huge restaurant group, um, kind of close to maybe like a Sam Fox of today. They had, you know, all sorts of great restaurants in the Valley years ago. And so I got a great training. I loved it. Stayed in the industry um, while I got a degree in secondary education and never became a teacher. Instead, (laughs) stayed in the industry in, you know, one form or the other over all these years. Was there something about the teaching that was it more that 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 was pulling you that way? Or were there some because I I was on that path as well. I was going to be a teacher and then I did my first student teaching. I'm like, nah, (laughs) I didn't realize I had to deal with kids, all kinds of kids. But now was it? What created that, you think? Um, I mean, a lot of it was, you know, financial. I had, yeah. you know, I had big dreams of getting my doctorate degree before I turned 30. Um, still waiting on that to happen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> still time, still time. <laughs> still time, still time. Um, but, yeah, it was more of a financial interest. Sure. And every time I've tried to get away from it, I just, I love it so much. This, yeah. is, this is where I belong. This is where my heart is. This is where my passion is. Yeah. What's a good, uh, so I would say, uh, when, about what year did, did that start? Because I feel like the food and beverage scene is really starting to, to pick up, but you've seen it from the beginning, right? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, my daughter was born in 2002 and, uh, decided kind of, I needed, I'm doing air quotes here, a real job, <laughs> um, in the food industry because, you know, I was, you know, managing and bartending and, you know, working all these odd hours. So I actually got a job in food sales, which directly led me into my cheese career. So, uh, by the time I was pregnant with our son, who is now 15, um, in 2005, I decided to start my own, uh, cheese and charcuterie company. Okay. So I've been now, you know, front of the house, back of the house, um, now retail and distribution. So you had me at cheese. A, right? Yeah, it's been, it's been a wild <laughs> ride, but it's all very exciting. And um, yeah, still very much involved in the cheese and the food portion of it. Yeah, um, as well as you know the wine and the beer side. Why cheese? Like, what what drew you in about? Why not that? cheese? I, I mean, I know, I know. <laughs> I I want to know. I want to know a little bit more about myself. As like, why am I so obsessed with cheese, Laura? Please help me understand a little better, because <laughs> it's amazing. But like, what like as a as a, I mean, going depth career wise, like making that decision. Why? So one of the things that appealed to me about, um, cheese, you know, in general was just the wide variety and, um, American artisan cheese was really starting to gain some momentum, uh, you know, kind of the turn of the search, turn of the century. So I'd bought a lot of books, um, now by, authors who I'm now friends with and just started reading about it and picking up the phone um, and calling all these creameries saying, Hey, I'm really interested in what you're doing. Can you tell me your story? Can you send me some cheese? You know, I'd love to represent you out here. And so it just, it started that way and um, very, you know, excited to propel that movement forward. And um, it's fantastic. 
it's like Christmas every day that I get a new shipment in <laughs> and get to try new stuff. Yeah. And now because we have access, you know, to some of the best, you know, wine and craft beer, it makes it even more interesting. So yeah. that's why we brought the cheese plate today. Is there is a cheese plate right here. Kind of doing a very <laughs> in, in, impromptu uh, tasting and pairing, you know, with these different styles of uh, Matt and Wheaties beers. So we have a fun. wide range as well. Like we have a wide range of beers. It looks like a wide range of cheeses. Um, I'm excited to dig into that. But I'm going to hold off as long as I can. Actually, I probably should get some pictures now that I think about it. <laughs> well, so all right, you decided to take this career path of cheese, right? And what does that look like? How to, like, what do you, what does it look like? So uh, at the beginning, it was really scary. I had zero idea what I was doing, um, just as a business owner in general, zero idea what I was doing as far as um, selling cheese on the distribution level. But with my food sales job, I had already been in some of the best kitchens in the Valley and, you know, immediately, and I have lots of friends who are chefs in the Valley as well. So, you know, we all kind of like learn together and, you know, on and off, we've been doing it, you know, over the years. And now we've got this great cheese and charcuterie selection in the store and it's just, you know, it's a lot of fun. So, and people probably seek you out because they're like, all right, this is very well curated, like thoughtful put together. Absolutely. You know, it's a a huge uh, passion project for me. So I buy directly from the makers themselves. Um, It's not sitting in some warehouse ever. It's literally being produced, packaged, shipped directly to me and either shipped out, you know, to my chefs at, you know, value, you know, hotels and and restaurants, or it's in our case at Arcadia Premium. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, this guy, have have you always been, well, you, we were talking before I, I asked if you guys are natives. I knew you weren't. Because I could hear the slight accent a little bit, right? Maybe, maybe just a few words. I don't know. <laughs> I was telling him that my wife makes fun of me for the way I say Joel. She said it sounds like you say it's like the singer Joel. Jay, like I can't tell the difference. But she's from Minnesota, so I'm like, you're making fun of the way I talk. Like, come on. <laughs> That's That's, insulting. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. yes. So, uh, Joel, where are you you from originally? Yeah, so I grew up in northern Minnesota, Duluth, um, right on Lake Superior. Lived there for 15 years, and my parents were trying to get out of Minnesota for quite some number of years, and my sister moved um, to the, the person she was married to at the time, and they had family down here, so they moved to Arizona. My dad flew down four months later and applied for some jobs and um, got a job and came back and said, all right, pack up the house. We're moving in a few months. And I was about to start high school. So we moved. So I moved two weeks before I started high school and um, I've been here ever since. You love it? I do. I mean, I love going back um, to Minnesota in the summertime. It's it's fabulous. Luckily, the last few years I've gone, it's, I've gotten like perfect weather, but ah. I, I recognize I could also go and it's 55 and raining the entire time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In July. I was um, going to say in July. Yeah, it does. Yeah, so there's no rhyme or reason. There's yeah. absolutely no rhyme or reason. I did not go this year um, due to the pandemic, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I like going back, but I, I do love it here. Um, this summer was rough, but. What was that one? I'm kind of second guessing. I'm sorry. This Joel was, was really getting deep was into a story. Was, and we're like, <laughs> this was the Saison. Oh, which one was this? Oh, the this dry hop Saison. Yes. Yeah. Do I have a Saison? Is that what I drank? No, no, that's the, I think that's the, the double I, or the IPA. So I must already drink. All right. We're just, it's all, let's start eating the cheese, everything, you know? <laughs> okay. That is the Porter. That's the Porter. Yeah. Okay. I thought this was the uh, English mild. Oh, yeah, it's a port. Wow, those are great beers. Surprise, right? So, actually, Minnesota, Minnesota is actually part of the reason that we actually met. Uh, oh, so, I, yeah. um, 
I went, so I'd go every summer. Um, in the in high school, I went like for the entire summer. Um, but I went um, up to Minnesota and bought some cheese and forgot it um, before I went to the airport in Minneapolis to go back home. Cheese curds specifically. Cheese curds specifically. <laughs> She's like, I remember exactly what those in, were. Yeah, yeah. In Wisconsin, I was in Wisconsin, bought some cheese curds, left them in my aunt's fridge, flew back to um, to Arizona, and then like. I don't know, within a week or two, this food writer friend of ours that now lives in Japan, Michelle, um, was the writer for the New Times and said, oh, there's this new cheese store that just opened on um, 7th Ave in Missouri. And um, so I thought, well, they have to have cheese curds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're on that journey, like you're laser focused to get cheese curds at this point, I mean, right? <laughs> I, I buy cheese curds in Minnesota, Wisconsin. I don't generally buy them in Arizona. So yeah. anyway, so I walk into Laura's cheese shop at the time. And um, I met her, and I got cheese curds. Yeah. So that's kind of... Were they good? They were good, but they weren't <laughs> Wisconsin cheese curds. They were made in Utah. They were Utah cheese curds. Utah cheese curds, which are good, but not the cheese curds They're I'm different. used to. They're what different. What is yeah. different? Like, what is, what is it about, like, you know, things like that that are like, all right, it's Wisconsin cheese curds. Why can't somebody replicate that? There's a couple of reasons. Um, cheese curds, for instance, it's really the freshness. Okay. Some so, of those cheese curds that you're getting, like roadside stops and everything, like they were made a couple days ago. Like they make them every 50 day. Feet that way, kind of. Right, like in right, that, right, yeah. right. So you're getting like this super squeaky, uber, uber fresh cheese. Um, and the other reason is um, milk is different depending on region, depending sure. on climate, what the animals are eating, um, the seasons, all that kind of stuff. So it affects how, you know. The milk ends up and how it ends up tasting. Yeah. Is, is that a part of it for you, the, that, that natural process aspect of it? Absolutely. Because I know you said you, you guys are huge fans of Tamara Stanger and like her approach is, you know, from the earth. Everything's going to taste different if you, if you grow this here or, you know. Right. We're all uh, super nerdy yeah. um, and <laughs> get really though. granular about stuff. Um, Speaking of nerds. Oh, oh, hi, Weedy. <laughs> this guy, come on over in this seat, pal. Uh, we're getting real nerdy. This is a perfect about, segue for yeah. you to come in. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Weedy, what is up, buddy? Yeah, go ahead and throw those headphones on. It's a whole new experience. All right, I'm, uh, I'm all him. sweaty. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to preserve those. I'm going to sell those online now. <laughs> Weedy sweat uh, headphones. What's up, buddy? Oh, man, this is wild. Right? It's, it this feels is like, like serious professional. Dude, I try. <laughs> At least make it look like I am, right? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you want to scoot in just a little All bit? Right. There you go. Weedy, what is up, buddy? Not much. How's it going? Good, man. Did we wake you up when we came in? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, we're, we're knocking out the first batch of the day right now, actually. So uh, Scott's going to come get me whenever we're ready to finish that up. So I've got probably 15 minutes or so. Nice, man. Nice. Well, dude, congratulations. New spot here in Phoenix. Thanks. Thanks. How's... Uh, Welcome to the hood, Weedy. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Are yeah. you going to buy a place up here now? A, Scott, a house on the hill? Ah, we, we already bought a place. It's 9,000 square feet <laughs> and located at 3935 East Thomas Road. <laughs> there you go. And that is true. There's a bed back there and everything. I was like, is that like a pint glass? I'm like, nah, maybe you know, he might have peed in that. I don't know. So, <laughs> <laughs> there are bathrooms in a shower that way. So that good. is, yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is the best hotel in Phoenix. Yeah. I, I had my shower beer yesterday. I've got people to clean dishes after me. Ah, oh, dude. Didn't I hear? It was haunted or something that somebody say that somebody got stabbed here and that's what uh lexi told me last night that wow. we but she, i didn't see any ghosts so no that's good perfect and oh, it was a... uh dia de las muertes so i would think that would be like 
the day that I would see it. You would think so. Sure. Or, you know, they, they zig when you zag kind of thing, right? That, like they're expecting me. I ain't going to show up. That, that show up might the be next true. day when they think it's over. Or maybe it's just a really friendly ghost knew I needed sleep. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Weedy, you missed a hop cycle. I got you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's election day tomorrow. If, if they don't show up then, I don't know when they're going to show Ooh, up. Oh, yeah. We need to get break this thing down before all that shit goes down. But, uh, <laughs> so, Weedy, how did this happen? How did uh, how, Have you guys been talking for a while about, about coming up north? Uh, no, it was yeah. real sudden, actually. Um, Matt called me one day, and he said, hey, there's a brewery up in Phoenix that wants to sell. I want to go check it out next week. When are you free? And, we came up and we looked at everything and said, "Let, yep, let's do it." Yeah, <laughs> dude, that was a deep story, wasn't it? <laughs> but no, I mean that's that's sometimes the way things happen. It just is, it's not planned, right? Because it seems like that's really just the way Matt rolls. Uh, <laughs> is that true, guys? It's true, yeah. absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. I, I heard it from a friend of mine before I knew. Yeah, yeah, from the family, so it's all good. So Matt's like, "I'm gonna buy it," and then. I'm not going to tell anybody. Let's just wait a little bit. <laughs> so what's the, what's the plan up here? I mean, it's, first of all, uh, we're super excited to have you up closer to me. When I say we, I mean me. Like I, I'm like 30 minutes north, so nice. uh, I'm excited to have you guys closer. But what's, what's the vision here at this location? Um, right now, we're just planning on... We've, so here we've got six fermenters, so we can crank out a little bit more variety of beer. Um, you know, in Tombstone, we're very IPA heavy. We're still going to be brewing a lot of IPAs here, but we've got more tanks to do more styles. So um, be kind of more of what you've grown to expect from Tombstone. Uh, mostly, I think we're, we're planning on draft only at the moment. Uh, you know, we'll see how that goes, see if it, that works out for us. Uh, if we have to get a canning line, we'll end up getting a canning line. But, so kind of can down there and, and, and kind of do what you guys have been doing with canning. Yep, and, yeah. yep. so uh, we're bringing up cans from Tombstone to make available here. And uh, we're also bringing up some draft from Tombstone uh, to supplement our draft here. But, uh, nice. I mean, we're kind of seeing already with the six fermenters and six new beers coming out all at once, It's uh, that's a lot of unique beers to fill only 12 taps here. So yeah. maybe we can expand the draft system and put more beers on. Yeah, we've, we've got a lot to figure out. Sure, yeah. Well, so far, <laughs> so good, man, putting in the, in the time. I think we – do you want to eat some cheese, Weedy? Uh, man, glut- nah, I'm going to pass on cheese for right now. <laughs> <laughs> Is it uh, not a good brew day choice to eat cheese while you're brewing? <laughs> uh, no, it's just my hands are real dirty. And I don't want to touch your guys' cheese. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. you're like, you're my, my headphones on. You're like real close to the microphone. <laughs> He's got a mask on, though. He's good. <laughs> uh, so we're, there was one. I think I drank it super quick. Or is this, is this, this is not the Saison, is it? That is the Saison. This is one you just put on. Yeah, that. Smells amazing. What is what is this saison? Um, so the saison was. It started with the idea of doing a traditional type of saison. Um, you know, if you look at, if you look at a saison recipe and you just look at the ingredient list, it's really pretty similar to a pilsner. Um, you same approximate IBUs as a German pilsner. Basically the same hops. 100% pils malt is normal. Um, so I was actually planning on just taking our German pils recipe and fermenting it with saison yeast um and then the more the closer i got to brewing it the more i wanted to get a little get a little more adventurous so uh um we replaced the whirlpool hops with moshweka which has a slight kind of key lime flavor um we dry hopped it with tetaneng which is a pretty typical hop to find in a saison um but you, it's not very common to find dry hopped saisons um and then uh 
uh, for me, the the whole thing with the Saison, the reason that we don't brew them in Tombstone is because our mash tun doesn't have the ability to do a stepped mash, and you need to do a step mash uh, to release ferulic acid, which okay. gets converted to 4VG, which is like a clove-like phenol. Um, so this, which you don't want. Oh, we we do oh, want. want. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. yeah, we do want that in a Saison. So, and you can't get it without having those precursors. We can't get those precursors with our mash done tombstones. So, um, having that ability here, we went ahead and did like a very traditional stepped mash, um, a real long mash, and got the beer super dry um, from our real low temperatures. And uh, um, we fermented it with a very traditional Saison yeast strain. And uh, we named it Sec Hublana, which means uh, it's French for dry hopped. Oh, nice. And it sounds cool too, right? <laughs> And that is why, Weedy, you are one of the best brewers in the state. Like, you just, like I knew like seven of those words, but I'm like, I'm, I'm trusting <laughs> this guy. <laughs> but that, that's one of the things that's re- what I really like to. Uh, oh, he's got to go. Weedy's being summoned. Yeah. Uh, you definitely get the clove in the Saison for sure. Sometimes I get like too much like underripe banana and this kind of thing, yeah. and I just do not like that in saison yeah. i just i get that clove but not that like overwhelming banana character yeah rather than banana this yeast gives a little bit of like bubble gum mm. so you get the clove and a little bit of bubble gum and then i feel like the moshweka um with that key lime flavor just really rounds it out and makes it super bright I, actually i don't drink saisons very frequently um it's just not really a style that i care for so much but last night i actually drank one on my air mattress <laughs> just is there a picture of that weedy has got like a vlog we don't know about <laughs> uh dude it's fantastic and in um i i think i don't know if it's a dry hopping or like you said the the key the the lime it's key lime you said yeah. it's got that key lime kind of um it yeah because you i like saisons i like the ones that are more like a more sour saison yeah. um but this one is that dry hop like, <laughs> makes a really great finish. It's really bright and clean yeah. and crisp. It's delicious. Yep. Well, and the other thing was that we're, we switched some of our brewing processes to low oxygen brewing. Um, and that's all, all happening on the hot side. And it helps to prever- preserve some of the malt flavor. So you get like that little bit of like doughy pills malt character. But the other thing that it does is it preserves ascorbic acid, which gives a little bit of a platform for the hops to re- retain their brightness. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm just, I'm intrigued. Like if I was like a cartoon, my eyes would be like glittering right now. I'm like, Weedy's talking. Uh, <laughs> well, dude, one thing I love is honestly uh, with his beers is the words. Like you, you learn new words. Like what was it? The Kavik yeast or something. Oh, yeah. Like I'm like, what the fuck? Weedy's just making shit up down there. Like, right? <laughs> making me look stuff. But you, go, you, uh, what makes you go in that direction of, of the unusual? Not only say the unusual, but that weedy path you know it's funny like i actually don't think of myself as being that creative of a brewer um i just i'm kind of mostly intrigued by the four traditional ingredients um so to me you can get so many different flavors from yeast in particular um i mean i think that it looks like everybody's drinking probably five different beers with five different yeast strains right now um yeah uh, is that unusual? Is that unusual for a brewery to have? Yeah, to that use many? that, that okay. many. Yeah, um, we have some unique yeast processes. Like we we propagate our final step of the 
of the yeast. Um, so we're we're getting a small pitch of yeast, and we're doing the final propagation. So we save a little bit of money doing that, but our yeast is also active going into the fermenter rather than having um, you know a lot of dormant yeast. We have a smaller amount of active yeast, and uh, doing it that way, it's a little bit more of like an old school method of brewing where brewers used to be in charge of all of their yeast propagation, and now we buy pitches from labs rather than doing that. So. Uh, uh, we're able to use more strains because of our process that way. Um, and we don't harvest our yeast, or we almost never harvest our yeast. Um, so it's always first generation. So, yeah, we we, we are able to, do, to use a lot more for sure. Yeah. I, I yeah. think normally you'll find breweries will have, like, their house ale yeast, their house lager yeast, and then they'll have maybe once in a while they'll pull in a specialty strain. And yeah. uh, we basically got an IPA yeast, a stout yeast, a and Pilsner yeast, a Hellas yeast. It's a Saison yeast now. Dude, that needs to be like a, I see the mural of it, of like you guys standing there with like all your yeast behind you, like <laughs> like Pokemon or something, like ready to attack. Uh, <laughs> perfect segue, though. Uh, we I know we, we don't have you for too long. Um, so I put, this is so funny, I just put this together earlier today. So I know you've been delivering, Arcadia Premium has been delivering for... Since day one. Since day one. Yep. We, at the beginning of this whole COVID lockdown, you're on the podcast, and I was like, how, you know, how were you guys able to deliver? And he's like, we've always been able to deliver. Right? <laughs> so that was, I mean, you said you've been doing it since the beginning, which is what, 2015? Yeah, we actually bought the business in 2015, okay. and the, the guy who had been in business for about seven months, he set it up originally to be a, I mean, he had to have retail legally um, to deliver, but um, he set it up, had a website developed, and so delivery was happening when we bought it seven months in. Okay. It was okay. primarily a delivery service more than it was retail Yeah, shop. it was 65% yeah. delivery, 35% in the store. The guy did not want to really have a store, yeah. per se. He really wanted to drive around his Cadillac and deliver beer all day. I don't want to talk to people <laughs> directly. Yeah. So, but yeah, so we've been delivering since day one, so people find that out. It's like, yeah, we've our website and the delivery thing has been has been kind of like the business model from the beginning, and then just it's, it's changed over time. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was just a big, and I don't want to say a big misunderstanding, but is our brewery different than than a tap room is that why you guys were able to or um so it was questionable whether or not it was legal for brewers um we had contacted the liquor department and we we were told that we were able to um we actually talked with several different people because we kept we were told so many different things from uh people in the brewers guild other brewers and we got written permission that we were allowed to do it back when we were doing our barrel society who wrote it like your mom or something (laughs) my mom said it could be (laughs) yeah so so uh we actually had the ability to deliver but we weren't other than for our barrel society okay Uh, yeah it's it's a lot of work to deliver sure yeah yeah (laughs) especially when you're in cochise county and it's so spread out yeah you get a delivery like 112 miles that way right yeah Yeah, we decided to do free delivery anywhere in Cochise County. So, like, Matt's driving out to Portal, which is like an hour, little, uh. little over an hour, <laughs> like twice a week probably. And I saw some of those delivery maps because uh, your employee, Zach, at the time now has worked for us for a couple of years. And he showed me one of the, one of the, delivery, <laughs> the Barrel Society delivery maps. And it was all over the valley. And it was like, you know, 40 stops or something one day. I think Zach might have had the hardest job that we've had in Tombstone for any person. Like <laughs> the, the delivery? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Driving an old janky FedEx truck 
all through the valley delivering, yeah, bombers of beer. <laughs> like it, twisted metal it tops style. out at like 45 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> you get into the on-ramp on the 10, and it's like you're, you're just hoping that you get all the way up there. <laughs> just sputtering. He's like, six more deliveries to go. 800 miles round trip. <laughs> well, Weedy, thanks for joining in, man. I, I, uh, I'm not kicking you off. You can stay as long as you want, but I don't want you to, you know. Uh, have to sit here and watch us eat cheese. Yeah, I should uh, probably get back to brewing and get this Vorloff going for the second batch. We're doing a triple batch day today. So. Oh, nice, man. Don't want to get behind. It's already going to be a long one. So. Dude, you're going to have fans banging on the windows here. At 30, <laughs> what is it, 3950, right? Uh, 3935. 3935, East yeah. Thomas Road. Yep. Bang on the windows. We will bring <laughs> you some beer. Yeah, don't do that. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah, all right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> See ya. All right, we got, what do we, bread us cheese paper is that cheese paper is that a thing i mean cheese paper is a thing <laughs> this is not it this is not it <laughs> all right let's uh let's... this is eliminating the need for somebody at tombstone to have to do our dishes later yes. so thank yes. you guys at tombstone once again this is uh it's a cool spot this is a great view out the windows here and we have cheese so what do we uh i drank some of my beers so what are we going to match up first so while you and we uh, were talking, Joel and I were eating some, and I was kind of doing some hand signals. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, I do this kind of like theoretical tasting because okay. you can easily do that. Like, hey, what goes well with IPAs? You know that that cheese is so versatile, especially the kind that I have. Okay. Um, in my place, and and again, changes seasonally, and as does the beers. Like I can say, hey, I think this is going to be really good with um, the saison. Um, and I think this is going to go really well with a nut brown. But again, it's all theoretical until um, you sit down and try it. So yeah. I'll tell you the first thing that we tried. Well, we were talking about the Saison. We tried the... Um, I did save some of the Willy- Saison. <laughs> <laughs> we have the entire brewery at our disposal. Is Nobody true. is here. Oh, that's dangerous. You shouldn't have told me that. Yeah. I mean, Weedy is here, but he's working. Um, he, I feel like he would encourage us more than shut us down. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. So we got the Saison. Uh, so the Saison and the Woolly Rind, which is a 100% sheep's milk cheese out of Missouri. Um, really fabulous. It's soft ripened, so it looks a little bit like a brie or a camembert. Is that what this it's is? It's got the bloomy rind on it. Yes. Oh, I thought yeah. that was a brie. So. This goes good with the Saison. Am I jumping the gun here a little really bit? Really good. No, no, no. Okay. I'll be yourself. <laughs> We've you can... done it. We were, we were right. While you were talking. That's so right. How do you taste then? Like, what is the proper... I mean, I know that I just throw, like, a whole block of Velveeta in my mouth and eat it, and it's delicious, but... That's also not but, cheese. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> but it does melt pretty, di- pretty good. Uh, right. All right. So what is the proper way for me to consume this? So I always say taste the cheese independently first. We've already been drinking, so that doesn't necessarily... You know, makes sense. But yeah. try the cheese first. Take Rind one bite. and everything, even the because I'm always kind of weirded out by the brie on the, the casing. If you're weirded out by it, you absolutely don't have to eat but it. But I'm not weirded out. I I've eat, I will eat anything. I will eat anything. Yeah. So, so if it's edible and it's it's absolutely edible. Okay. <laughs> um, some people don't like it. Does it add flavor? Is there like particular element? It that does. It adds? it adds kind of an earthiness to okay. it. It adds texture, of course, because it's a different texture than the paste. Um, and as you get closer. In, in this specific cheese, too. As you get closer to the center, it obviously will be um, a little runnier, a little softer paste. Which but is yes, not a bad thing. Yes. <laughs> rind, rind is absolutely, you know, you don't have to eat it. If it grosses you out or it yeah. weirds you out or textually it's a challenge, you never need to eat the rind. It is part of the cheese. It's meant to be eaten. Um, but nobody's going to shame you. And if I just they shame it. you, it's good. They, they're assholes. They're, yeah. 
I let you. I let. <laughs> you gonna let me say that? You said. <laughs> I'm trying to watch my potty mouth because I'm sure my mom will listen to this at yeah. some point. Oh, sorry, mom. Sorry, mom. And my not children. My mom, my... <laughs> not not that any of them are unaware of my potty mouth, but. They're just like, mom, we heard you say worse shit. Absolutely, uh, <laughs> they have. <laughs> All right, so I ate it with the with, and I, and so I do I like say, yeah, on So there. I yeah. would say, always try the cheese first. Okay. Maybe take one or two bites, then try the bear, then try the cheese again, and then, and then just kind of see. And again, like, try it with different things. I tried it with the nut brown, which was really good. But there's something in the saison, and I think it's because of possibly the dry hopping that Weedy was talking about. Um, it's very crisp, clean, bright. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't compete with the flavors. Sheep's milk tends to be um, a little sweeter, a little bit more mild, not super assertive, especially in a soft ripened cheese. So while the porter that we have here actually tastes phenomenal with it, it oh, does overpower it overpowers the cheese a little bit. So there's plenty more. I was going to say, can yeah. I have another one? Please, please. <laughs> it's all you. No, uh, we, have a, we have a store and a refrigerator at home full of this stuff. You so. guys are really opening up Pandora's box with telling me about all this beer I can drink and all this cheese I can eat. You realize that, right? That, that's our goal, actually. <laughs> I'm so easy. I'm so easily won over. My wife's like, people could kidnap you over like a cheeseburger. I'm like, only if it had extra cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the things that makes our store, honestly, unique is that, I mean, there's a lot of craft beer stores and we get you know product in constantly and but so does everybody else everybody posts the same beer on facebook i feel like you know every day or a, a day or two apart um but like i think we have like the cheese and you know we don't have any salami here today but like you know we have salami and we have um even some fresh sausages from olympia provisions and so like we have that stuff all the time so i think that like if you want craft beer you can go to a lot of other places um if you don't live near us but like you don't be able to find this cheese anywhere else. So I think that kind of um, makes us a little bit more interesting maybe than just the average, the average store, you know? So, well, that's part of the vision too, right? Of what you guys is like, like you look at your, your website and it's, I love it. Like your, I think it was the about me or or about us or something. That mission statement was like perfect, (laughs) like spot on. Like, this is what we want to do, right? You guys want to be, well, I'll, I'll let you guys explain because this was your, this is your vision. I mean, just maybe go back to the origin of the store for a second. I mean, we actually, we, I think we're more of like craft food and beverage than we are just like craft beer. I mean, in the late 2014, a friend of mine posted this article on my Facebook page where a hotel downtown was giving away a space for free. They were going to build the restaurant. They were going to give us free rent. They were going to give us a gr- some grant money to get started. And so... He, I think he knew just from our background of like food that we kind of always wanted to do that in town. And so we actually went through this process of Laura primarily wrote the business plan, you know, something that we had talked about for a long time of like basically doing a cheese and charcuterie bar essentially with beer and wine. So we kind of built the model, submitted it to the, to the hotel, which is a Marriott um, International. And um, we submitted it, and we, out of 140 entries or something, we basically won the contest. So we're like, oh, shit. <laughs> it was totally one of those oh, shit moments. I was like, I mean, we got there. We were down to, what, five contestants, I think. And then we, you know, they brought the whole team in, you know, from their corporate office in D.C., and then everybody at the hotel here. And, um, yeah, so we spent the day... Um, cooking and preparing in this kitchen and then so we basically had to give um the panel the voting panel um of all you know all these marriott people 
give them the experience of, of what we were envisioning for this spot. You have to win them over on the vision. Right, yeah. right. And the of vision course, and the packaging and like the actual dishes. Like if we sure. if we gone in and actually made some really crappy food, it's like, what are these people doing here? I mean, we went up against a couple of like chefs that had restaurants already yeah. in town. Yeah, very very well known, very talented people. So it we sounds were like something that's super on TV these honored. Days. Right? It sounds like a show, right? It sounds like one of the... It was a little bit like that. and um, Except, like, less competitive in the nature. Mm. Like, they weren't pitting us against each other. It just... Yeah. We didn't even know who were the finalists until, you know, we showed up there that day. And we were all kind of working, you know, like a little bit side by side. So, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great experience. And, um, yeah, we had to, you know, prove... You know, anybody can look good on paper. Sure. But yeah. um, we had to prove, like, hey, we know what we're doing. And so I think it was our genuine like passion and that we'd really it was really well thought out you know yeah. everything that we have in the store you know beer comes and goes but like we still it's a very concerted effort of you know what breweries we want to deal with who sure. we want to support what's good out there sometimes it's just trial and error and um you know as far as like all the local products that we have and um all the cheese charcuterie whatever else in the store it's very thoughtfully curated you know yeah. we put a lot of thought and work in it we don't just bring something in inherently because the some, packaging is some cool Costco trail. or it looks good or it's yeah. local you know our philosophy pretty generally is it has to be good absolutely 100% yeah, local bonus pref- if it's local local preferred but sure. like definitely right. ultimately like the product is is great I mean none of these cheeses that we have in front of us today are produced in Arizona mm-hmm. they're produced in the western half of the United States by small you know artisan you know makers and like she said earlier it gets direct shipped to us um, you know so like that was all stuff that we were going to do with that project and when yeah through a series of unfortunate events for everybody that project never ended up panning out. It's kind of like, this is the model that we had for that place. And now let's just transition into retail context. And so the original owner of Arcadia premium was going to basically go out of business and we had been customers basically since day one, getting beer delivered and not so much wine because the wine selection was terrible. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> um, so, you know, a week later after that project fell through, and again, we had this kind of model already in place for that downtown, is that basically it was a slow transition, but we finally got it to the point we're just, we're going to do that, yeah. but just at this retail level. And so that kind of brought in the cheese, brought in, you know, the sh- uh, charcuterie and the local stuff that we have had in the store for five years and it's just now slowly kind of been expanding yeah well i mean something like that is a long game right like you're not just going to come in and be able to like just grab a big box of the best cheese and <laughs> right from the you have yeah, to yeah no it's been a very very slow progression you yeah. know at first you know again it was we had a switch from having what would have been a, a three meal a day mm-hmm. kind of restaurant cafe Definitely thing day, yeah. yeah um you know, with several employees and lots of moving parts to literally Joel and I. And um, Joel still had his job that he had forever. A soul-sucking IT job. <laughs> his look at his little look yeah. he gave, he just his had soul-sucking like, IT like, I didn't job. do it, man. It wasn't me. I didn't hire you, man. Yeah. The, the, the paycheck was nice, but it was completely soul-sucking. We, I think we, we still miss that paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My wife still misses it as well. Yeah. So, but, no, I think we've talked about it a couple of times of, of us to having that path of like uh, envious of, of someone, you know, like you that found that early on. You know, it took me 38 years to find like what, what the path I was meant to go on. Uh, but um, uh, I'm going to try another cheese. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say something else and I looked at the cheese. I'm like, all right, what's so, next? Try this one right here. This is the um, 
Anniversary ale cheese from Rogue Creamery. Anniversary ale? Mm-hmm. That's nice with the, um, with the porter. The porter and the English mild are, are really great with that. Hmm. So anyway, sorry, I got off track when I saw the cheese. That's so, okay. We're, <laughs> you're used to we're, it. We're constantly distracted by, <laughs> by the cheese. cheese and beverage. and um, Yeah, that one goes very that well. Really I think with the good. darkers, um, I am un clear which beer they're using for this again anniversary so it's it is rogue, rogue creamery okay. yeah we've got three different cheeses here from rogue and i'll, I'll, leave, I'll, leave, really I'll leave the blue cheese to the last yeah the, um, that's the panty dropper the blue cheese <laughs> <laughs> is that the name is that the branding on it it's, called, it's, it's rogue river blue but let's just if you like blue cheese this is the panty dropper. i love sure. blue cheese i right. love blue cheese and, and there's a all right, settle argument for me because there's a huge difference between gorgonzola and blue cheese, right? No, gorgonzola <sighs> is a blue cheese. Fuck. All right. Uh, <laughs> it's just a style Taste. of blue cheese. I guess, uh, but no, it's very flavor mild. Wise. It's flavor wise. It tends to be very mild. It tends to be very creamy. I see. I feel like, so I, I think gorgonzola, it, it kind of gives me a little bit of a, ugh, <laughs> I love blue cheese, but gorgonzola is just different to me, you know, but, oh, but that's different, different palates, right? I guess. Or maybe it's just my attitude. Maybe I need to change my attitude, my attitude. Cause well, I say I love all cheeses, but then I'm, I'm singling out gorgonzola. So well, a lot of people <laughs> say that they love brie cheese and the only brie cheese that they are, have been exposed to is Presidente Brie from Safeway mm. or something in that vein. It's like, okay, you can have, um, you know, one brie and then you have a raw milk you know brie from some awesome producer and it's like this isn't even the same product mm-hmm. and you know it's not it's, even the same category i mean right? it's like italian yeah. pilsner and then john lester going and buying four thousand people in chicago yesterday miller lights like stylistically oh, maybe they're somewhat <laughs> close <laughs> wait what was that again i didn't catch that all oh for john lester possibly for the picture for the cubs yeah basically said they were trying to come out because he doesn't know if they're going to do anything with his contract next year and basically said if you go to these four or five places in chicago i forget how many he basically bought put the first one on john's tab yeah and so i saw it this morning when i woke up that he ended up buying 4,800 people or something like so what is that 60 bucks I think he said it was like I think his tab came out to $47,000 or something probably they upselled him yeah we didn't include a gratuity and everything in that yeah Yeah. yeah. I mean in a 34% gratuity which was his number so yeah there you go there you go Uh, so you guys decided early on you're gonna uh, so you take over this I know we keep jumping around but but you take over Arcadia Premium um, you have this vision of here's things you want to do oh that's what I was gonna ask you so when you when your friend told you about the was it the Marriott I think yeah that that thing um, did it propel you guys did it speed up the 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 process of opening a spot was yeah. it like a spark or anything you know what I mean I mean I don't think we like our mind was we're focused on this restaurant thing, you know, downtown. And I, I think that we had talked a lot about doing something like that. Okay. And so that was really, I think the kind of the, the vision was to do on-premise consumption, you know, maybe some pairings and, you know, do like, a, you know, cheese boards and this kind of thing with some other, you know, obviously the menu had sandwiches and salads and a couple entrees. There were some restrictions on like equipment we could have. We couldn't have like a hood and all this mm. stuff. So basically we, Developed this menu, sandwiches, 
and salads and anything we could cook out of a turbo chef, <laughs> which is the thing that they cook out everything out of at Safeway, like a toaster uh, oven at Safeway. That's like a and like Starbucks and stuff. And like Starbucks that's what they for their breakfast sandwich. Like surprisingly, there's a lot of things you can do that we discovered. You can do a whole menu basically cooking out of a turbo chef. Oh wow! Um, yeah. So that, so that was the vision. So like when that kind of went away, which was actually very painful because sure. it's like we see kind of this thing that we've wanted to do and then it was kind of like ripped out from under us and again for, through a series of circumstances that just you know were out of anyone's control it was like okay what are we going to do and then we were customers of like I said of the store f- prior his vision wasn't working out for Arcadia Premium and so um, you know we just kind of we kind of transition that but the thing I was going to say about the cheese and about like you can't just show up with like all this awesome cheese is that it's a s- slow education process of getting people to trust you, mm. right? So, like, like, we could have the best cheese spread in the world, but if we have nobody in Phoenix that really cares about it, then what good is it? Sure. So it's yeah. like... Right. We, have to earn, we had to earn the trust and the loyalty from the people that in our community and the people that lived around us to come shop with us and yeah. know and get them to understand we do know what we're talking about. We're here because we... We love it. We yeah. want to be here. We want to provide the experience. We want to provide the best products. And we want to provide an experience for you. I love... I'm not in the shop a whole lot these days. Um, but literally, anytime I'm in the shop, somebody comes in and tells me how much they love shopping here. Ah, I love awesome. your store. I'm so glad you're here. And like that's what keeps us moving. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because it's great to hear that it's appreciated. Sure. And yeah. that people value it. And, you know, yeah, we've gotten a lot of support for it. But, yeah, we came out of the box. I remember the, the wine list that I wrote. I mean, we took over, like he said, before the wine was terrible. The selection was terrible. <laughs> and he'd blow, he was blowing through inventory because he knew he was, he was going out. But um, we were really ambitious with both the beer and the wine at first. Being as far super as like, ambitious, we're only going to do this, kind of right. only going to do this. We were super ambitious with the beer, which totally paid off. The wine, not so much. We had all sorts of like super nerdy, eclectic wines that nobody that was coming uh. in our store, <laughs> besides like one or two people, had any idea even what the varietals were. Uh. So we had to kind of do this mental shift of, okay, we don't have to like it, but we have to appreciate it for what it is. So... I'll give like a super generic example is buttery Chardonnay, buttery oaky Chardonnay from California. It's not something Joel and I drink. Never. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Never unless we have to. Uh, it's just not our style. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, it's hugely popular. It's probably one of the most popular white, you know, variety type of, you know, white wines sold in the United States right now. So we decided, we changed gears and said, we're going to find the best, <laughs> the very best buttery oaky chardonnay within each of you know the price points that we wanted to so that's kind of how we approach it we at first kind of started let's put everything in the store that we want i mean our goal was let's build the store that we want in our own neighborhood sure yeah you know what does arcadia have does what don't they have that we have expertise in or we can learn and build we wanted we built the store for ourselves essentially and for our neighbors so that's kind of we started out super ambitious and made some bad choices 
Well, we, we ended, we, we ended we up do. we ended up consuming most of it ourselves. <laughs> it didn't go to waste. The bad choices were fueled by what we were the inventory, right. so it was, it was balanced out. Yeah, yeah. And, we, and you know when we took it over, I mean, we got lists of like these are the beers that you. This is the beer that's selling. Like this is what your opening order should be. Again, he was winding down the inventory because he was essentially just it was, the business was going to go away had we not scooped it up. And so it's like he sent. So I got a spreadsheet of all these beers, and it's like I just remember the one that makes me laugh the most is that there was Bud Light Platinum on the list. And he was convinced that the one guy next door that came in every day wanted to Bud Light Platinum did not want anything else more interesting. <sighs> and uh, so as time went on, I ordered the Bud Light Platinum and I said, do you really want me to continue carrying this? Because like, nobody else buys this but you. And he said, no, not really. And by the end, the guy actually retired from the business next door. But by the end, the guy came in every single day and bought something new. Really? And so That's like, awesome. And it was never Bud Light Platinum. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and so, <laughs> it's those small conversions that make it all worthwhile, right? Yeah, I mean, there's been, you know, there's some things that, you know, we sell that we don't um, necessarily want to sell, but it's just, it's kind of like the mentality was that person is never going to not evolve and like saying that yeah. some bad thing he likes about that platinum, it's certainly not, but um, it was just kind of see the, the change of like, okay, we're going to bring in this. We think it's good. You should try it. And then it was just like every day the guy was buying something else. Yeah. And so like, that's the kind of thing that I think is, is interesting is to kind of see sometimes people's taste change over time. And when they trust you as a retailer, I don't even have a chance to try. They're not sending me previews of Drucker that's coming out in sure, two yeah. weeks. Like <laughs> I have to trust that it's going to be okay. Yeah. Or like some of these beers, like nobody's dropping samples off. And um, you're you just know, hoping that like, ah, oh, man, just hoping or yeah. just knowing kind of like what the brewery has done in the past. And like this, sure. hopefully this is going to be good. Um, you know, so I'm just kind of like curating this thing. We're not, I don't have that much space to buy everything. Mm -hmm. And then like you choose, we kind of have to choose. And then, you know, it's, and we know that it's good now that we've tried it. And so, like, I think you guys should try this. And we kind of have to cha sometimes champion some things, um, you know, which I think is kind of a fun process because it's a lot of fun and better than sitting in front of my computer writing code. <laughs> <laughs> you always go back to that, right? That's yeah. uh, me too. Well, what made you make that leap? Let's, let's jump back there a little bit. What... Uh well, I mean, me digging in and making this my full-time was not an option. Yeah. My company I worked for for 13 years got acquired for a billion dollars, and I was one of you know, 120 people that got laid off. And so I had six months of my salary, and it was basically, after that, it was, I guess I'm doing a store full-time. I was yeah. so drained, basically working for 14, 15 years in IT. It was the most, one of the most thankless jobs. So anyone in IT out there listening is um, respect. Um, I feel like a lot of people come from the IT, meaning they leave it. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, brewery sure. people that are in IT. Oh, we're yeah. in IT. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so I, didn't, I didn't really have much of a choice. But also that kind of rolled into, you know, with having kind of Arcadia Premium of having the website and doing this delivery model is that I basically became the IT person. And I didn't – the original owner farmed the website out to somebody and overpaid massively. Um, well, suddenly we have an IT person and person in the store. And so I was able to basically – and I had to. I was forced to basically in the first seven months. I had to completely rewrite the website in two days. Mm -hmm. I didn't want an inter interruption of – online orders and so I basically for 42 hours I disappeared and wrote, rewrote the website wow. that still currently exists um, but it's impressive I'm able it's to so <laughs> impressive I can't tell you all of the website all of the social media content content 
all of the pictures. That is all fuel. That's this 100% guy? 100% by Joel. Yeah. yeah. Well, nobody, yeah. And, and I don't think you'll see it in a lot of other stores is because it's cost prohibitive. Mm. Because, I mean, like, I don't know, if, if, if I had to pay my salary that I was making before to do this, I mean, we need to be a, a few million dollar company. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and to have somebody dedicated to actually maintaining that. And so I kind of tried to make it as easy as possible for myself of where I just, when I get the product in, I got to snap the picture and put it on the website. And so for me, I think it's a pretty easy job but I, that's also why you don't see a lot of other people do because it's if you don't have those technical skills it's it's inherently not yeah. so that you can build a mixed case of beer on our website 24 single cans and pick it up in two hours is I think something pretty unique heck yeah and it's beautiful and that's too, a testament huh? to how hard Joel is working behind the scenes too as well as you know being out on the floor and doing all that stuff He's, yeah yeah Anytime I'm there, like you're, you've got a clipboard always, you're signing something or you're like putting something or you're checking something, you're always moving. We man. Kind, of have a good, kind of have a good system now if it like comes down to underneath, like if there's something less than four cans available, I usually mark it out of stock on the website because like the POS and the website don't talk to each other. So that's yeah. like something during peak COVID where I'm spending 100 hours a week, close the store, I'm there for three hours because I'm like trying to justify the inventory. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. you know, there's probably a lot of money I could pay to have that tied together. I'm not doing that. I'm just going to like kind of suck it up and just do it myself. And so it's a pain. Yeah. And we don't always get it right, but it feels good when we do for sure. Yeah. Should we uh, pause and get a beer? I actually need a beer. Oh, I think you got, yeah. you've outdrank us. I know. I've been I've been trying to pace myself, but all I got is like a teaspoon of this brown ale. I really, yeah, <laughs> I really wish that that imperial stat was still available because I think that with that blue cheese. All right, I'm, I'm going to step off and pour us some beers. Okay, excellent, excellent. Uh, well, I was going to ask you about the. Uh, you can talk I'll, about me while I'm gone. Okay, perfect, so perfect. So, jeez, Herb, <laughs> man. <laughs> I would like um, the IPA. What was the one that I had? Big fish. Big Fish Little Pond. Yeah, because there's also a triple. Oh, that's a triple? No, that's the regular, but there is a 9.8 triple version. Oh, yeah, I just went the regular. Or the no-coast Which one? No-coast I'll do that one, sure. It's more malty. It's like two-hearted. Uh, not, it's, not, it's not as malty as two-hearted, but Why it's not? supposed to be a mashup of styles, right? Okay, I like it. I like it. So, uh, yeah, that's one thing that I've always noticed with you, Jules. You do very well at uh, uh, the website's beautiful first of all nice work it's okay (laughs) (laughs) I'm honestly I'm honestly not in love with it Um, it's just like now it's kind of grown stale over time but also I'm the person that sees it the most for sure you notice things that nobody does yeah yeah yeah, and there's some couple weird things about it but but yeah I mean I like I don't mind having our prices transparent Um, I I like people being able to you know i think and also honestly like we have customers that live towards the edges of the valley but they don't necessarily need to come to arcadia for but maybe they work downtown or they work kind of in biltmore area and so like they'll play several orders throughout the week for store pickup and then i basically just pack up their orders and when it comes to the end of the week on friday they stop by and pick up their beer from the store before they go back to queen creek or anthem or something so i have some customers i live towards the fringes only because they don't have anything by them where they live so they're able to get it from us just then once a week and kind of do that so that kind of like i wouldn't be able to get those customers without having that sure exposure of the inventory and yeah and all that kind of stuff so i think that i mean that's a cool feature and then as the holidays approach like you know people want to not go into a store with a million people 
or want it delivered uh, as yeah. a gift basket or just like pick out and kind of see what we have. And so that kind of allows them to do that as well. So, Because it's not just like you're not just delivering Bud Light. So what was it? Bud Select? But, but, yeah. <laughs> platinum, Bud Light Platinum. Platinum. Uh, and a lot, and a lot of the function of the website is not even for delivery. I mean, I, like I haven't broken it down because when you know when COVID really became a big thing in April, where people were having forced lockdown or trying to avoid places, like our business went from seven percent, like on online to basically about forty in a matter of a couple of weeks. Wow! But much of that was not even delivery. It was just it was store pickup. They'd call and they would just do curbside. We'd run out the you know the beer to them they want to be in a store with a bunch of other people which i get and so like there's that breakdown as well so it's not all delivery for the website it's also a lot of like curbside and store pickup just for people that don't want to hand their credit card to somebody and yeah that kind of thing so what seems like you guys are you're kind of you're kind of eliminating something that that can often be a deterrent for people right it's like i would be more than happy to buy a great bottle of wine you know but a few four packs of like you know top shelf beer uh but i don't want to drive right i don't want to go you know or hey we've been having some drinks like i just want to dude i would love some cheese i would love a cheese board you know uh not saying that's your clientele of the, and I don't think many bros actually eat cheese boards. So that was a, that was a bad no. impression. But uh. <laughs> no, in the beginning, actually in the beginning, um, he bros was doing, should be eating cheese boards. They should be. They will be less bro. It's one of the best <laughs> things. It's a great source of protein. It's delicious. It elevates the bear, opposed to. It does. You know, yeah. bringing it down. Yeah. Especially but. when you find just that perfect pairing. Which we're about to do here. Yeah, yeah. In a minute. I'm are, so, you, are you ready jumping. for the blue? I'm so ready. Yeah. Wait. Okay. Uh, well, I, let me ask about this one. That one is fantastic too. That's another rogue creamery one. It is. That is Mount Mazama. Um, they have stopped making it, and I got a last kind of quick batch um, because they have a hard time sourcing goat's milk. Everything that Rogue Creamery does now is all organic. Okay. All of the milk, all the adjuncts are, are organic. So. Um, with their production levels um, getting you know, larger, they had a hard time finding an organic source of goat's milk. So they just did it for their anniversary. Again, uh, the anniversary one that we had, too, was a cheddar. This is a goat and cow's milk cheddar, Mount Mazama. We still have, you know, maybe 12 in the store left. Okay. Depending on how much I'm hoarding at home. But uh, <laughs> we, probably have, yeah. we probably have half a case left. But, yeah, it's absolutely delicious. That is really good. The texture yeah. is great. What yeah. is it? What is that? It's, it's just, just a, a goat cheddar. cheese? It's an, it's an extra-aged okay. um, goat and cow's milk cheddar. It has those, like, little tyrosine crystals in it. Is that, that what that gives is? gives it, like, the little oh, crunch. crunch. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. I didn't know. Like, I was, like... Because sometimes I know when you like cheese sits out for a little bit, it kind of gets a little bit harder, right? Which mm-hmm. is not a bad thing. But that had that different... What are they? It? Crystals? Yeah, like health crystals, like I'm like Sedona crystals. crystals. Yes. I'm gonna go sit on like uh, slide rock. They're magical this cheese crystals. <laughs> no, yeah, that's you, you get I that like in gouda, that. like some gouda, like extra aged gouda too. You get that just that crunch in the middle, and I think that's great for yeah texturally. I mean, this is pretty than your standard cheddar. Like this is pretty dry, like pretty crumbly, and so then when you kind of get that pop, it's it's nice. My wife is gonna be so pissed when I leave here. She's my my cheese game is going to elevate after this like i used to think like all right trader joe's like i'm going to get their cheese mm-hmm. decent cheese is it decent cheese from a cheese person <laughs> arcadia premium great cheese selection audible yeah. silence <laughs> but no this is this is different level like this is this is and even better than uh charcuterie boards i've had it at different places this is fantastic cheese and now we're about to hit the 
hit the big one. I haven't had this one yet, though. Is that the same as that? No. Same abs- producer. Absolutely different. Should, what should Stinkier. I go with next? Hmm? What should I go with Definitely next? Are we going to go blue? Rouge. Do the color. Do the color rouge. This is the most popular, probably the most popular cheese that we sell. It's a oh. wash rind. Um, wash rind is typically uh, stinky cheese, if you will. Uh, tem- the bark tends to be worse than the bite, usually stinkier than, than what it tastes like. This one actually has a very uh, thin rind on it. Um, it's bright orange, and it has a very, like, ivory paste in the middle. It's um, also soft ripened, so it has the texture of, like, a camembert and brie. And, um, but it has a little funk, so it's made... Any washed rind cheese is going to be washed with beer, wine, cider. Uh, sometimes it's just a bacteria wash, which I know sounds gross to some people, but if you understand how all this kind of stuff works, what it's actually a good it? thing, what do they, too. How do they wash it? So, literally bathe it so they make they make the wheels of cheese and then over you know a period of time each cheese is different um harder cheeses um are usually washed you know maybe once a week turned washed um which just creates this kind of like lovely flavor profile and um ends up kind of just integrating inside the wheel of cheese big or small however it might be um, integrating that flavor. In this case, it's a wash rind cheese, so it, it ends up kind of getting that like super stinky mm-hmm. um, smell, but it gives it this very ropey, like robust, meaty kind of flavor to it. Um, but yeah, it's phenomenal. It's really good. So, what is the rind? Like, what is what is what makes up the rind of of cheeses like that? So it's literally the wash. So it's just the natural. That's what process. I was going to ask. Yeah. yeah. So okay. Yeah. So, so it's wow. natural rind. It's just yeah. what naturally happens when you continually, you know put a wash on cheese. Wow. I'm learning so much. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it. <laughs> so we need to jump in this blue cheese I mean, cheese I can now. get no. super granular, but this is more of a beer podcast. So this I- is, no, this is, this is, well, also my brain level is, is there's a pretty low ceiling for it. So <laughs> you're doing, you're doing great, but I'm really excited about this blue cheese. Um, so I'm super excited about this blue cheese. I've had an allocation for it. Um, allocation, you know, beer people understand what that means um this is a super highly allocated cheese um that most people don't have access to also last year it they took it over um to the world cheese awards and it was the first time that an american artisan cheese had won the world cheese competition so this is quite literally as of last year and probably this year too because i don't think that they're doing it they're not doing (laughs) it um it's best cheese of the world wow so it's rogue river blue they've been making it for several years um it's wrapped in leaves you know soaked in all sorts of beautiful stuff wrapped in leaves and it is one of the most amazing you can see you'll see when you taste it i'm excited why this is so fantastic and coveted and lovely and outrageously expensive but worth every <laughs> this is every not this is not grocery penny. store roquefort at all <laughs> this is not this is not a gargantilla either <laughs> <laughs> she's having to hold herself back he's i don't know if he's ready for this so i poured my... you because you drink through all the yeah the beers that I, joel and i have in front of us but i re-poured you um tombstones porter is this a porter this is the chocolate oatmeal yep. porter and that so far has been the standout pairing with the Rogue River cheese. It's just crazy good. I need to do this right then. Do it right I'm now. I'm about to eat the best cheese in the world. It is. You're Here. just going to have to pick it up I'm with your hands. Kind of, It's really not going to be an easy way. It's just, so I'm going to just eat it and then I'm going to eat it. All right. All right. Best cheese in the world. Is that cilantro on there? <laughs> 
That's probably part of the leaf, yes. It's just going to add texture, which will be a little crunchy. Wow. It's pretty intense, isn't it? That is intense. It's like all of the good things about blue cheese. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you get blue cheese and you're like, oh, that's good. And you're like, oh, what is that? (laughs) Well, sometimes it leaves a really weird, like astringent aftertaste. Yeah. This this is like a lot of brown butter. Wow. Deep, deep flavors. The milk, you know, is like kind of sweet cream. So it's like sweet cream, brown butter, a little kick of the blue. Yeah. But deep and earthy. And And then those crystals inside the middle. Yes, this also has the crystals. Plus it's got a little bit of the uh, the leaf that it was wrapped in. Which was... That was that was just part of the experience too. I'm sure. like, I ate a fucking leaf today, man. <laughs> it's, I think it's a Syrah um, Syrah grape leaves, and then they, I think they soak the leaves in Calvados. Correct. So why is it the is it the temperature that it is right now? <clears throat> because you know, normally it's like super hard, crumbly. Is that just what you get? Like that's just kind of what we get for the money we most of us are willing to pay for basic blue cheese, I guess. So. Again, blue cheese is just like any other kind of, you know, varietal or style sure. of, you know, beverage or something. It all depends on the milk, how much actual blue veining has allowed to bloom. Um, this one just tends to be really, really creamy. Yeah. It's not dry. It's not crumbly. I feel it. So I love blue cheese. There uh, can no. be really good dry and crumbly blue cheese. Okay. Typically, it's not. Okay. All right. So that's kind of what I'm asking. Typically, yeah, so that's, yeah. dry and crumbly is good. From a back of the house perspective, if you're like crumbling it on salads, salads yeah. sure. Um, in that format, and that's why those styles are designed that way. Um, this is definitely meant to be tasted or used in like smaller formats, almost you know, e- either eaten directly or smaller formats, or things where a smoother paste and softer style. Gotcha, gotcha. Because you don't really want. It to mess with this you don't really like want to go throw this in a huge recipe with a lot of ingredients i mean you could put this on a burger but i mean you're putting 50, you know 55 i mean we charge 55 dollars a pound for it on <laughs> right. a burger but then it's com- then you're competing with the other things like sure. you don't want right. it's, a, it's a hell of an upcharge yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what kind of, oh you want the blue cheese sure. yeah it's not yeah. The, it's not right. the add blue trees crumbles two dollars that you see at you know the restaurant up the street it's a significant upcharge. It's like adding foie gras or something. You have to sign over like your car title before you pay your bill. Right. We'll give it back when you pay your bill. Yeah. Yeah. Let's run a pre-auth in your car to make sure you can afford this yeah, extra exactly. charge. Cheese upgrade. No, it's fantastic. And um, for me, when I t- I love the taste of like I, this might be blasphemous for for blue cheese lovers, but I like blue cheese with my wings. I feel like you could have mm-hmm. a high-end wing with you wouldn't even need. Any of whatever they put in to, to make it dressing, right? Just put that shit right on a buff, like a wing. So with you there. There's ATL yeah. wings out the corner. Oh, <laughs> dude, we are right. going to do the collaboration of the year. <laughs> Arcadia Premium and ATL wings. Yeah. Uh, their wings are uh, pretty pretty legit. Wreck my stomach. I think it's the oil. But I love the wings. But- I know. Oh, yeah. It's our favorite yeah. wings besides yeah. JT's. we got to plug JT's yeah. here. JT's? Yes, JT's. In Arcadia. from yeah. Oso Arcadia. Okay. Best wings, best gringo tacos. Oh, shit. Truth. All right. All right. right. We've let our secret out. Maybe I should have done that. I think think I was quoted in Phoenix Magazine last year about the gringo's tacos. Oh, that's right. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> plugging everybody dude that's huh. that's the way you build community right like just yeah. everybody supporting all, each other and yeah supporting the people that we love and the people doing really great things in this town so yeah well, shout out to Vecina up the street too our other neighbor have you been to Vecina no 50, huh? so 56th Street Indian School they actually have an awesome beer I mean the food is fantastic but like their beer list is far better than it needs to be I mean they've got Tombstone they've got he's friends with Ryan at Dark Sky they've got Dark Sky they've got all those on tap um, a, lot of, a, lot okay. a lot of cans. A lot of cans and drafts. Gotcha. Okay. Probably, definitely the best high-end, the best beer menu in a high-end restaurant. For sure. I mean, somebody can prove me wrong, but I haven't seen wow. anywhere that's even remotely close. What's this place called, place called again? Vecina, V-E-C-I-N-A. Is it a new place? Did it just open up? It was Kitchen 56 prior. Um, they kind of had rebooted it maybe... October, okay, September, yeah. October, and yeah. then kind of they got, a rev- they got a good review from the Republic, and then COVID, and then you know, so it's kind of complicated things. But wait, yeah. but they also got nominated. Oh yeah, for James Beard Award for new restaurant, and that's oh, a national shit nomination. That's wow. not just a local thing. And then of course James Beard Award, you know, COVID canceled. All, yeah. yeah, all that stuff it's canceled. But canceled. Yeah. absolutely, Everything. if you're into really good food, really good beer, really good wine. That's the place to go. Yeah. Tell, tell them that nice. we sent you, and uh, hopefully they'll throw us some credit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's usually it's like, hey, tell them we sent you, get a discount. We just love we just love that place, and we love yeah. finding like new places. No, and they're uh, lovely humans too, for sure. That helps. Yeah, that, that always helps. That yes. Always, always helps. <laughs> so, what is the? Uh, so we got we got through all the cheeses. Um, did we? I feel like there was one we missed. No, we got them all. I think we got them all. We got them all. Those are all fantastic. If I had to pick, I would say, I would say the Mount Mazama. Mazama. Yeah. Mount Mazama. Yeah, that's a good one, and it makes sense because they're never making it again, huh? I'm well, they might. <laughs> it's just going to be limited for right now. Never okay. say never. All right. They all have right. another one with similar texture, but without kind of that sharpness that you get from the goat cheese. It's called Jefferson's. It's a, like one year aged cheddar. Okay. That's similar kind of crumbly texture, but mm-hmm. I kind of like the Mount Mazama a bit more just because of the goat cheese addition just kind of that sharpness but anyway they're both good yeah, yeah. the Jefferson's is just all all cow's milk but it's very very similar and if you like this you'll love that as well are you are they all american cheeses artisan hit all uh, american and artisan or farmstead yeah, cheeses yeah that's very cool so i mean in a way uh, i mean i'm not putting you guys on the spot or anything but in a way that that helps to elevate the game for arizona cheese right like if absolutely to, to hey like you guys are carrying the best um make the best right make right the, yeah. right um, are there are, is there a movement of that at all in arizona as far as like people starting to do that has that come and gone we're getting there yeah. um years ago when i had the cheese shop that joel had mentioned earlier where we met um where was that if you don't mind me asking it was uh seventh avenue in missouri okay okay it's called like candy like catty corner from hano japanese it was in a place called delicious dishes i literally had about like 200 square feet familiar. of space within okay. a it was the French grocery for for, for, years for after. a time, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's on that southeast corner of Seventh Avenue, Missouri. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Right. So there was a time, kind of right before like the recession hit, that all sorts of valley places were doing incredible things. There was cheese carts. I was doing like specialty dinners, wine dinners, all this other kind you of said stuff. Cheese carts. Cheese carts, literally, like restaurants used to have. You know, they just roll out a cart, which with all different types of cheese on it. That used to be a thing. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of people want to recreate it, but don't know how. And, you know, there's been an access thing and, you know, our climate isn't great. Um, 
for transporting stuff, I, you know, get, I've been doing this on and off, you know, since 2005. So I have a great system now. Um, and, and I do sell wholesale, so it is available different, you know, chefs are interested in doing this. I certainly have the capability of providing it. Um, it's just taking a little backseat with Arcadia premium. Um, and then, you know, I have my lovely day job where I work for a distributor in town selling craft beer Ah. and wine. Okay. Um, as well. So those have been my, my two primary focus things that I've been doing. But yeah, we, I have great cheese, so anybody wants it. I Thank it. you for that. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Of course. Now, when you say cheese is not, so you were talking about the, the blue cheese, with that being the best cheese in the world, like what does is, what is somebody expect money-wise to spend on high-end cheese like that? I mean, yeah, I guess it all probably depends on know, where you, you get it. Okay. Um, because I directly because I have my distribution company um, and it comes directly to us, we don't, our margin is really, really small on it okay. because I want it to be accessible, but I also don't want to punish anybody else that needs to make sure. a margin on <laughs> yeah. it either. So it's, yeah. it's, it's very fairly priced at Arcadia Premium. You're going to find it for a lot cheaper than you can probably find it anywhere else. Um, but yeah, I mean, artisan cheese is just like any, you know, any other, Yeah. you know, it's labor intensive. It's hard to get. It's hard to produce. It costs a lot of money to produce. So, what do we say? We, we're selling this for fifty five dollars a pound. Fifty five a pound, I think. Which um, sounds massively expensive. It's really not because well, you're buying maybe what a quarter good. of a pound, right. or maybe yeah. a half a pound if you're like loving yeah. it. <laughs> well, yeah. and all those. I mean, I'll sell you six pounds of it if you want it. But like, and all those wedges that we had in the. Um, in the fridge this weekend we're all less than $20 a pound and when you look at the size I mean again like as you just tasted it's a pretty intense you know experience and so like you're not going to need a few ounces of it I mean you could sure. you could right. eat yeah. a few ounces of that cheddar no problem if you you know have. yeah in front of the TV <laughs> or something like that but like with that blue cheese you're not eating that much of it so honestly like you don't need that much of it yeah well and I'm, and I'm sure the people that are that are um Especially as return customers, uh, they they know what they're they're getting the best of the best, right? And that's kind of the I mean, yeah. I don't that, have anybody that even bulks at the price. Of they're it. just stoked that they have the best cheese in the world. They're just happy <laughs> yeah. that they have it. Yeah. yeah. But no, to answer your question, you know, artisan cheese is you know typically anywhere from I don't know retail probably eighteen to yeah sixty something dollars a pound, yeah. depending on where you get it. And, it, and again, worth, worth, worth every penny. Absolutely. As long as it's, you know, stored properly. And yeah. And some people, quite honestly, never know that we even have cheese. I mean, right. we, we put a, <laughs> we've had the cheese for years, and then we just in, I think in May, we put in this small little cheese um, case that we got for free off of Upper Up, thanks to a customer. And um, they were like, oh, you guys have cheese now. It's like, no, actually, we've our last, our last <laughs> cooler door has always been dedicated to cheese, but like all they come in for is IPAs and they never make it down the cooler. Mm-hmm. And so like now they can see it, but before I've never, there's some people I've never sold anything but like double and triple IPAs to. Yeah. They've never even seen the rest of the stuff. Because it's because they like, haven't like stepped further into the store. Sure. Right. <laughs> or their mind, or their mindset yeah. is like, I'm going to the beer store, I'm buying beer. It's sure. like, Oh, you guys actually have wine. I mean, I've heard that before. It's like, yeah. yeah and actually I spent a lot of time tasting wines to find good wines in here and all your focus is on in the beer and that's fine. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but we just have other things to offer besides just the beer. But it is intriguing how people see things as they're depending on what they're seeking. Because right? sure. I, I, for me, my initial thought is like, all right, if I'm looking at beer, 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 and then I see food, I'm like, no, nope, that's the kid's shit right there. Like, I, you know, like that's my wife will grab that out of the, you know, out of the thing, and the girls will eat that. But 
this is what I'm focusing on in the beer. So sure. I don't know. Maybe that was my explanation, but yeah. And sometimes, sound very I, and sometimes it happens when people come in like with their kid or with their wife for the first time, and like the kid and the wife look at the other stuff, and like the husband's focused on the beer. Yeah. And that's you know they come in on a on a Saturday and they realize, oh, you guys have why don't you guys have fresh pasta? Well, we've been doing that for a few years. Yeah. We've just been increasing during the pandemic, and oh, you guys have French fresh bread from Noble. It's like yeah, we've done that for a while too. So it's just kind of like. You know, again, it's just a kind of an education thing of maybe there's a lot of aspects of the store that have kind of evolved, um, but then it's like getting just fresh eyes on it. It's yeah. like, why do you guys have that? Why do you guys have candles? Oh, it's because a friend of mine started making candles, yeah. and they're really good candles, and she wanted to sell them. They're the them. bomb. They're the most amazing <laughs> candles, too. Really? And now our candles. store smells even better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so people, people like, like pass by that stuff, and then maybe if you just get a chance to slow down or somebody else comes in with them, it's like, oh, you guys have a lot of other stuff besides what you'd expect. Like, sorry we don't have the rack of peach rings and, and trail mix, but like we do have other things. Got the best cheese in the world. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I can't sell you a Milky Way with your craft beer, but I can sell you chips made a few miles down the road. Right. People get pissed about that. They come. They 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 get mad because you're not offering like Salem's. I think the thing that is most no. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We don't sell cigarettes. We yeah. don't do tobacco. No. The thing I get asked about the most is honestly just liquor, and mm. that's just a function of. Um, Google and you know these websites that put us in the beer wine spirits category and there's not a separate thing so like ah. the number one phone call I get is do you have Don Julio 1942 it happens multiple times throughout that the particular day. one exactly that one <laughs> I mean sometimes it'll be like oh do you have Blanton's or you know do you guys sell um, yeah. Tito's vodka or whatever but the one I hear the most by far is Don Julio 1942 and it's just like it's a function of again just um, the internet putting us in a category and Yelp and, and such so um, so, yeah, I mean, sometimes people like, like walk in, like, where's the beer? I mean, you're standing in front of the beer. No, I mean, but where's the 30 packs or whatever? It's like, you can go to Walgreens across the street for 30 packs of Miller Lite. I'll try to sell you something else. Sure. And so some people do get annoyed by that. Right. Um, but then they also don't know, like, they're from out of town. They don't realize that beer and wine stores are actually a thing and that you sure. can walk in the grocery store and, you know, buy spirits in most stores. And so, you know. Education, man. You guys are educators. You want full circle. You were going to be a teacher. Now you're teaching customers. But Absolutely. <laughs> I, mean, I, I still do classes. And yeah? Yeah. Cheese classes? Thank, thanks to COVID, I'm actually homeschooling a freshman in high school this oh, year. How's that? Well, it's, we'll, we'll see what kind of quality education this kid is getting. We're, we're five beers deep in here on Monday afternoon. So. Yeah, that's true. Right. That is I'm, true. I'm sure he's hard at work on his botany assignment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're, I need to take a picture right there of your face. Like, no, he ain't doing it. <laughs> Ain't doing it. So what's the, what's the what's the vision for Arcadia Premium moving forward? I mean, I, I don't know. I think 2020 has been a pretty interesting year just in terms of, like, kind of the, the business has definitely, um, you know, been – we've added a lot of things over the course of the year. I think that we've gotten a lot more local support. People weren't going um, going out, so people now kind of know about our store. I think the, the long-term vision right now is I'm only looking two months ahead, is I'm only trying to focus on the holidays and, you know – put some you know some cheese stuff together for you know cheese that makes great gifts um yeah. and people it's very rare you find somebody that doesn't like cheese um so people do don't actually sorry to interrupt but it's usually people who can't eat cheese they yeah. still want to yeah, yeah but they just can't <laughs> i have two friends good friends great palates either as far as beer and wine and they don't like cheese Absolutely. Uh, don't like they it don't like it oh. i haven't been able to convert them yet 
that's my, name? That's, that's, my, that's my, they know <laughs> who they are. They're listening. <laughs> they know who they are. But I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I think like my mindset is like, I just kind of look in smaller chunks. Like the long-term vision is yes, would I like to do this in other locations? Absolutely. But I also want, would like to have an on-premise component you know, of the business that we've kind of explored, um, you know, recently or a couple of years in the last couple of years anyway, to kind of do that original goal that we had, maybe not as many, um, moving parts, but like I've seen what's out there as far as like cheese and charcuterie and being okay. And it can be done so much better. And I think we could do it so much better. Um, but you know, ultimately it's like, just it's right now it's heads down mode. It's focus on the holidays, sure. get people, you know, gifts and just kind of figure that out and then kind of january is there's a gym right behind there that parking lot is much fuller in january (laughs) (laughs) kind of kind of gives you like a couple weeks to kind of like breeze and reassess or breathe and like reassess yeah kind of like decisions going forward yeah uh, but right now like holidays is just like you're buckling down for the for the onslaught yeah we also said we're not going to make any big decisions until you know it's an election year so after tomorrow um you know then our biggest focus you know is going to be holidays and gifts and and again because a lot of people aren't going to go yeah shopping and we have got this great opportunity to support multiple local small businesses yeah just by having us throw something together for you yeah. or just coming in our store so um i feel like it's a great thing so yes holidays and then beginning of the year we'll kind of reassess I mean, we've got a lot of things kind of up in the air we just haven't decided like what we well, we want to pull the trigger on. Sure. Yeah. 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 We've had two products. I mean, there's been just about the holidays thing is that I've had two products walk in the door just from people that are like hustling, right? Like they're trying to get their product out there. This kid came in the other day. He had peanut brittle and I was like, you know, Oh, I love this. And he, I didn't talk to him. Um, somebody else was talking to him and they, they were like, Hey, just leave samples. You know, Joel will try it later. Turns out the guy's literally going door to door selling his peanut brittle. He has no retail. Um, his packaging is kind of it's in startup. Interesting. Phase. Yeah. It's and basic, um, yeah. it's a it's a startup, and it's like. But I tasted the product and was like, "This is awesome." And I gave it to about seven or eight other people that day. Everybody was like, "This is awesome," and um, and so like he's going to come by in an hour or two and drop off my order. So now he has instant retail exposure. Yeah. Whether or not that goes anywhere, I don't know. Maybe nobody wants to buy it at the store, and that's fine. And sure. I tell people that initially. I said, we can provide you a little bit of space to sell your product. If people like it, and they'll buy it, and we'll champion it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and there's no hard feelings. Yeah. And so like, I think that we've done that a lot this year, is like really trying to give people that maybe do farmer's markets or have just kind of seen like competition among um, just retail placements, just in general, is that we kind of champion their product and kind of give them an opportunity if we think we can sell it. Sure. So not everything, yeah. not everything makes sense, but I think like going forward now, the holidays. I mean, hopefully more people will come. I mean, hopefully they don't come in all the time, but yeah. come in and try to like sell their product to me. And if it works, it works. And if we don't have space for it, then like maybe now is not the time. Um, right. But, and a lot of a lot of times, it's it's a good product. It's yeah. Just, it's not. It doesn't sell. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it might be seasonal. It might be a seasonal thing. It might yeah. just for no other reason. So it's not. Oh like, yeah. It, it, like the, yeah, I, I always say that. Like just because. <clears throat> yeah, so many different variables can come into play where doesn't mean it's a bad product or whatever. But that's awesome for you guys to to create that outlet and that uh, the opportunity for people to do that. 
It's so important. I mean, yeah. in the craft beer world, in the food world, in the retail world, like we have to support each other. And we have so many great people doing wonderful things in our community. So mm-hmm. if we can be a platform and cheerlead for them and champion for them, we're absolutely happy to do it. For sure. Yeah. Well, Christmas gifts this year. Uh, how long for, How long will blue cheese last? You want to eat that pretty quickly. Um, That's not a safe for Christmas type of thing. Again, oh no, it'll it'll save as long as it's kept properly. Uh, I don't, I don't yeah. want to be responsible for that. <laughs> my listener said, "Dude, my shit's all moldy. Dude, you left it out in the garage." No. So, the the quick thing is use a different wrap each time. Okay. Unless it's actual cheese paper that came with it. Okay. But yes, cheese paper. So you use yeah, use okay. different wrap. Make sure your hands are clean. If you get a little mold, cut it off. All right. That goes for hard and blue cheese. If it's soft cheese and it's got some weird mold on it, throw it out. But uh, or fresh cheese, throw it out. Um, hard cheese lasts pretty much indefinitely. Blue okay. cheese will last months and months and months. Yeah. And this was this Rogue River Blue was just released, so it's going to be good for at least six months from now. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. So and I'll, I'll say I'm, I'm saving some. I'm going to hold some back <laughs> for yourself. Gotta, no, no, no I've, got okay. a, I've got a wheel that I'm holding out, and I won't release until uh, Christmas. Ooh, so will that will it get better and better as it as, does it? Cheese always gets better. Does it? Okay. Everything gets better with age. <laughs> it gets better until it falls off and gets worse. <laughs> I say that as the oldest person here by far. But that's also true with humans, right? It's getting better, then that's you right. fall off. The, yeah, then it's yeah. then it's done. And it's until like overnight. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, I, I did actually prep one cheese that should have been okay. Eh, it looked like maybe it was seeing some age, but a lot of times when it gets close to like you know, the sell-by date, it's far better. So, like, okay. that cheese, the Color Rouge, I had lots of chefs that say, don't even sell it to me until the last date oh. on it because I like it oozy and runny and stinky and great. So I had another cheese. I won't mention what it is, but uh, I had it today, and it was – it had absolutely turned. It had just – it was just gone. Yeah. And, like, gone so far from the original. <laughs> you got to chuck it and, at that point. Got, yeah. 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 And that's hard. Lesson learned, though, right? But, yeah, lesson learned. It it can happen. (laughs) I mean, again, you just need, you know, detail and keep on top of it. And, again, it looked okay, but I tried it, and I was like, yep, nope. No go. No go. (laughs) Go. See ya. So that's a great great Christmas gift for people. I mean, even if they don't, if, if if you don't. Get there in time to get the world's greatest cheese, which I nah, think people we'll, we'll should. Have yeah, it for the holidays. You, you need to. People need to get on that, right? They need. They need to get that. But that's a great. But that's one of those gifts too that you get it early for somebody, and then you end up using it like the beginning of December. <laughs> it's like ah, I'll get them something else, I right? Mean, honestly, it's like the best hostess <laughs> gift too. Most sure. of the cheese in the United States is actually sold for Thanksgiving. Wow, that's the busiest week for my fellow cheesemongers is Thanksgiving week. Why do you think? Because it's one of the best get-together. Think of how many family celebrations. Of course, this year will be different. Sure. Um, but how many people come into town? How many guests? How many parties? Cheese and charcuterie is super easy. It is. People come is over. You don't have anything you know, provided. Or you come home late night. You guys are drunk and hungry. Just pull it out and <laughs> you know, hack into like, you know, salami, summer sausage, a handful of cheeses. It's I mean, great. How many wacky ants jello salad do you need at Thanksgiving? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. If just one of them could bring some good cheese and salami, and it's like one less version of ambrosia, I'm cool. Like, yeah. maybe just you, you just bring the cheese. Just bring the cheese. Because the people who show up hungover before the, and starving before the food is ready will eat the cheese. Oh. And the people who drink too much 
during, we'll come back to it, and then it's a great dessert for you, you know, for Thanksgiving. I'm gonna start a new tradition at my at my house. My mom comes out every year from Ohio for Thanksgiving, so and she loves charcuterie. We're gonna get Arcadia Premium Charcuterie Board. Perfect. <clears throat> I'll take six pounds of that blue cheese, please. Uh, <laughs> Does she, does she bring you Skyline Chili? Or that's a, I guess that's a strictly a Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. No, she's uh, she's we're nor- I, I grew up northeast, like so, like between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. So chili cheese fries were big. Got so it, we didn't we didn't put like spaghetti in. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. We just tucked it out, put potatoes in instead, and yeah, I miss good chili cheese that's, fries. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best cheese for a chili cheese dog? Velveeta. (laughs) You might be right. All right. Let's cut right there. That's going to be the last word of this episode, Velveeta. (laughs) Just kidding. You guys, awesome, awesome stuff. Um, Like I said, thank you guys for your support from day one on this whole adventure of mine and doing awesome things in Arizona food and beverage. So thank you for having us. Super excited to be here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we got a lot. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We are part of the Hopped Up Network, which is a network of craft beer podcasts across the country. Check it out. HoppedUpNetwork.com. Find a new second favorite beer podcast. And stay awesome.